Have UFOs been sighted over Michigan? Stay tuned to find out. The podcast with everything that is paranormal. It's the 222 Paranormal Podcast starring your host, Joe the Alien Shortridge. That's right. And his creepy weird <laughs> mummy <laughs> sister. I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> but anyways, thank you listeners for joining us again. We are right smack dab in the middle of November. It's exciting time of the year. Yeah. But Joe, I got to tell you a little story that happened. Uh, yeah, I when you mentioned... Let's do UFOs. You said, I got a reason why. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And now tell me why. So I was driving to work and I was going up the Southfield Freeway and it was about six o'clock in the morning, which is very early, but I needed to be there early. You know, this time of year, it's just like midnight at six o'clock in the morning. And I was going up and I saw the biggest shooting star I've ever seen. Oh, cool. Streak across the sky and it was giant green fireball. Green? That's copper. And I was like, oh, my God, it was, like, so cool. And so I got off of it to the end of, well, almost to the end of Southfield. And it goes into the city, right? Okay. The freeway ends and goes in the city. So I stopped at the gas station to get some green Mountain Dew, right? And <laughs> it was the same color as the oh. comment. No. And I was in line, and this older gentleman behind me, he's like, are you buying a Powerball ticket? And I was like, yeah. I said, I just saw this giant shooting star. And I thought, well, maybe it's a sign of good luck and I'll buy a Powerball. He's like, I saw the same thing. It was huge. So um, he's just nice. He bought a Powerball ticket. But guess what? I didn't win. No. (sighs) No. Sadly, no. I'd like to thank the Ohio Lottery for allowing me to work another week. (laughs) So, you know, I just got to thinking, yeah, it's just so interesting. You know, this guy's over in Michigan. It's so dark right now. You can see a ton of stars and things like that. But I was on YouTube and Facebook the other day, and I saw the same interesting video. Our friends of ours, RJ and Deb, who host the UFO Contact, which is a paranormal conference in Houghton Lake, Michigan, in September. Um, It's all about, you know, aliens and UFOs and and that spectral genre of um, the paranormal. And they posted a video of an unidentified flying object over Houghton Lake just a couple of days ago. And I thought, oh, something weird's going on. Have we got meteor showers and sightings of alien UFO crafts? Well, Holt Lake, and that's the reason why they have the convention there, Holt Lake is known for sightings of UFOs. I mean, there are a ton of them. And I went online when you mentioned that. I tried to find the list of how many sightings there were in the United States for last year, but I can't find the info. I knew I had it up here somewhere, but there are a ton of UFO sightings up in Michigan and around that area. So Michigan ranks number 10 in sightings for 2022. But that's really interesting because they have that conference and every year, like people are going out and they're like, you know, somebody's out calling the aliens or the UFOs to them. Andrea Perrin usually does her UFO. That's right. I'm not sure she was there this year. I don't know. I'm not sure. We didn't make it, so I don't know. We had something else that weekend but while we were there a good buddy of ours brought some amazing 
night vision goggles and we both looked through them and I saw stuff moving around in the sky. Now I know all about the satellites, how they, because you can see the satellites right. going over with your naked eye, your naked eye. And space junk and, yeah, you know, other things. But I was seeing things turn. I was seeing things going so fast. And I, I know you mm-hmm. said you said the same yeah, thing. I did. It was, it was almost scary to the point. It was like, I got to stop looking up there because you just, I mean, it wasn't a shooting star. It was not, you know, a satellite. This was something going super duper fast. Yeah. Like it was crazy. And the amount of stars you could see with that thing. Thousands. I want to do it again. Thousands. And I want to have time to do it again. And also I want to do it on a night where there's no moon. Yeah. Because that's what he kept saying. Don't look at the moon. Don't look at the moon. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want your eyes to get ruined. But But UFOs to me, I mean, this is where I started. And I know dad had his experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you tell our listener about that? Because I'm not real familiar with that. I know you are. Yeah. I can't recall all of the details but um him and his brother joe i believe it was were out and they were you know newly married because um they probably 25 24 25 years old and they had seen something flying in the sky and they just they couldn't explain it It wasn't a plane you Mm -hmm. know they were very familiar um my dad always had a telescope and was always you know very interested in like aircrafts and and things of that nature and they saw this unidentified thing and yeah. they couldn't explain it and they tried to call the wives out to come look at it and by the time they get out there it was gone mm-hmm. now i know mom had a sighting of a plane mm-hmm. now she did say it was a plane and she said it cut the cloud in half and she described this plane but i think i mean i i don't know but i think it was the united states air force's jet called the XB-70, mm-hmm. which is a delta wing style plane, which means it looks like the flying V, but this has tiny wings in the front. And that's what she described it as. She says it was a big plane with little wings in the front and big wings in the back, and this one here could be it. Mm-hmm. And I believe the name of it is the XB-70. Now, somebody might, you know, it, I may be saying that wrong, but I've actually seen this plane and touched it. Wow. In the National Museum of Aeronautics at Ray Patterson Air Force Base. Oh, okay. Yeah, you and Dad went down there, didn't you? I've been there a few times. Yeah. And this plane is massive. Really? But she said that she saw a plane that actually caught a cloud in in half. That's so weird. Now, the reason that, you know, Houghton Lake is so prominent and they have this convention there is... Um, first of all, it's the largest inland lake um, in Michigan. So it's like 22 or 20,000 square feet. It's this beautiful, beautiful lake. It's I was giant. surprised how big it was. One of the reasons that this lake is so prominent was because in 1994, on March 8th, hundreds of people had witnessed a UFO going over this lake. And since then... Um, just look to the skies waiting and to see something like that again. They have a lot of sightings up there. I mean, it's, it, I know I keep saying that, but upper Michigan, not, and even in the UP, upper Michigan has a ton of sightings. And I think that the fact that it has it is because you can see so much better up there. Yeah. There you was, don't have the light pollution. Sure. And the, you know, there was a report, the lady was calling in. She's like, I got UFOs in my backyard. And people were saying they kind of looked like, full moons over the tree line 
they just couldn't, nobody could explain it. And they got like hundreds of phone calls into 911 about this. What year was that? 1994. Oh, okay. When we were up there snowmobiling, I would go out in the middle of the lake, even though it was extremely cold and that, but I wanted to see the stars. And even then I saw satellites so clear. Really? Going over. And I knew they were satellites. I mean, they weren't UFOs. I've never had a UFO sighting, but it's just so clear. And even out west, where Roswell happened. Yeah, when we were in Jerome, Arizona. Jerome, Arizona. I want to go there and just sit and look at the sky. It was amazing. It was just like stars for miles Mm -hmm. and miles and miles. But, you know, what's interesting about the UP and Michigan in general, we just have so many UFO sightings. We have Bigfoot sightings. We have abduction stories. A lot of abduction stories. Yeah. So why do you think the aliens are so interested in this area? Do you think it's the Great Lakes that draws them? I think so, because especially like, Holton Lake being so big, how do we know that there's not an alien base under there? Because mm-hmm. there are many, many sightings of underwater and unidentified objects mm-hmm. and UFOs coming out of water. There's a lot of sightings of UFOs that actually siphon water. I do remember a story of a farmer that heard a humming sound outside of his house. So he goes out and he sees this UFO hovering over his water tank and there's like a hose coming down from the UFO sucking the water out of his tank. And it was real quick, he said. So they transferred the water super fast. And when it took off, he ran over to the water tank, looked down, and there was like a cone of dirt. So the water was swirling that fast that it made a cone of dirt in the bottom. Because, you know, they're not, these are tanks that are being filled by rainwater and all Mm -hmm. that. And... There was actually a cone, so it was swirling that much. But there's so many sightings of UFOs sucking water out of lakes and stuff. Well, that's interesting because with we don't hear about that over the ocean, so it has to be fresh water. I would think so. Maybe the salt has something to do with it. Yeah, like corrode the metal, mm-hmm. right? Why Why do you think they travel so far to our planet? I don't know. hundreds and... Maybe it's a stop-off point. Yeah. I am firmly a believer and it's to me it's been proven that there's life on other planets. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. I mentioned this before. In 1984 we found our first exoplanet. And that's basically that's not saying it has life on it. It's just a planet outside of our solar system. Since then we've realized and especially now with the James Webb telescope and with Hubble, we've realized that Almost every single star out there has at least one planet around it. Okay. So we also look at the habitable zone. You know, is it close enough to its star to harbor life as we know it? Mm -hmm. You know, we have to look at it as we know it. There could be life out there that has to have negative a million degrees or whatever. I don't know. Right. You know, and even then, it might be life that moves so slow we can't tell it's real life because it's frozen in a planet and it's actually moving, but we can't see it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's life. It doesn't matter. But since we've been analyzing different planets with different with different wavelengths and that we can tell how their atmosphere is, what their atmospheres are made of. And we found that there are so many planets out there in the habitable zone that can harbor life and have signatures because of the oxygen levels and stuff in the air and even the methane levels in the air that we think there's life on there. 
Now, the problem also is we're looking at planets that are 600, 700 light years away. If there was life, it's life from that back then because mm, even with yeah. our radio, you know, our radios and TV and all that, we're only, what, 60, uh, how many years have we been broadcasting? Probably 70, 70 maybe? 80 years. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll say 100. I'm just going to say 100. We've been broadcasting out in the universe for 100 years. That's only 100 light years away. There's not that many planets only 100 light years away. Yeah. Now, one planet that they're looking at that they believe has life on it is Proxima, Proxima Centauri B. <laughs> it's the B planet in the, in the uh, Proxima Centauri system. And they feel that there's life on that planet. So they're really looking at that, and they are almost convinced that it is. That's four light years away. So they already have, if there's life on there, intelligent life, and they can read our signals, they have info from four years ago. Oh, wow. Just reaching them now. And that's saying if they understand, you know, if they understand all that. Now, there's a thing called the Drake equation. What's that? Okay, so Mr. Drake was a scientist, and he came up with a formula. And the formula is N equals R F P N E. F-I, or F-L, excuse me, F-I, F-C-L. Okay, so the N is the number of civilizations which humans could communicate with. Okay. So in this equation, these are all the things that have to line up so that we can communicate with them. So there could be civilizations out there that we are sending us signals and we don't know it because it's with the, you know, it's not within our grasp to comprehend it. Mm-hmm. So... The first one is R star means the rate of star formation. So how long has their star been there and how long has that planet been evolving? Then you have the FP part of it, mm-hmm. which is the fraction of stars that have planets around them. We found out, like I said, that almost every star now has planets around it. Then you have what's called the NE, which is the mean number of planets that could support the life per the star with the planets. In other words, the habitable zone. Okay. Then, and all these have to equal up to get to the number of civilizations that we can communicate with. So we're on FI, or FL, excuse me, is the fraction of life-supporting planets that develop life. There are planets out there that can't support life. Now, like I mentioned before, life could be a planet, or excuse me, Life could be plants. They can't communicate with us. Life could be fish. They can't communicate with us. But life also could be humanoid-style aliens. And then there's so many things on top of that that contribute to, do they want to talk to us? Do they know we exist? Do they Are they looking? Maybe they're a planet that don't even look for outside you know, their mm-hmm. own planet. Maybe they're a planet of the apes which hated humans and right. wanted to destroy it, you know? So there's so many different fractions of things that could change that, or even things that are out there that don't want to communicate with us. There's a fraction of the planets that develop intelligence. You know, maybe they're, a, like I said, a planet of plants that don't have the intelligent abilities to communicate. Then you have FC, which is a fraction of intelligent civilizations that develop communication. Once again, people... We've made radio transmitters and stuff. Maybe they haven't. And then the final one is the mean length of time the civilization can 
evolve. So it all depends. There's so many factors that depend on how life will develop so that we can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. But Proxima Centauri B is a really hot spot right now. And yes. they're really talking about it. I was looking up and um, trying to figure out like how many rockets. There's 135 rockets a year are sent up into space. Yeah, they just sent one up a few days ago. And 11 out of the 135 failed. Yeah. Which is interesting. But I was trying to figure out like how far have we've gone out into space? Oh, and yeah. it says that... Um, I know that answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know which ones have done it. <laughs> ah, smart. You're smart. So it says in um, tw- as of 2019, there were five probes that have explored parts of the solar system and has also left our solar system to further explore space. Mm-hmm. Voyager 1 and 2 are the farthest right now. They are in the billions of miles away. Yeah. They've actually reached the heliosphere and the actual spot where our sun is not affecting really space. Interesting. And when they crossed that, they found out that there's actually waves out there of plasma or whatever that are pushing on. So it makes me think, well, where's that stuff coming from? Sure. Yeah. You know, outer space, they, they, they talk about the, the range where our sun doesn't have effect. So there's the solar winds and the solar winds are coming out and pushing matter away. Okay, and that's mm-hmm. why our planets don't fall into the sun. They orbit. They're actually falling, but they never actually fall in. They just keep okay. falling. But Voyager 1 and 2 have got to the point where the sun has no effect on it, and they found there's almost like a wall out there. Really? And they crossed this wall, and they could tell when they crossed that wall by how the photons and all that stuff are out there. And they say that there's something pushing back, but they don't know what it is. That's interesting. And yeah. how would they even know? Is it still sending signals yeah. back? Really? Yeah. Of that far away it, and it's still communicating? It was, la- they were launched in like 1974, if I can remember right. And they're still communicating. Now, a lot of the systems that are on there have shut down permanently, have died. Mm-hmm. But it's still sending back signals. That's insane. That blows my mind. Like, how, how is that even possible? How does it not just like burn up and... In the outer There's atmosphere. nothing out there to make it burn up. Yeah, but I mean, like, wouldn't it just, like, the mass just implode it? Yeah. Like, the, the they, anti-gravity just, like, crumple it to <laughs> nothing? Actually, anti-gravity would make it explode. Oh. But Ooh. they have different engines. Mm-hmm. They actually have nuclear engines. Interesting. And the fuel is about to run out. So it's going to go dark. It's but they're still sending back signals, and they just passed the um, outer limits of our solar system that's crazy i can't i can't fathom that because like you know you think about oh we gotta drive across the country and then you don't realize how little that is compared to the entire earth Mm -hmm. like there's what 90 percent of the ocean still isn't even exactly and that's explored that's what i was saying too is how do we know that there isn't bases in that under the ocean we don't know well we don't know we don't know it's a mystery. I don't know. Aliens scare me. I still, you know, like I can't even drive down the expressway without putting my visor down because if I look up in the sky, I get dizzy. <laughs> I'm like, the aliens are going to take me away. <laughs> you know, we did our library speech and on the way back, I told you that story about yeah. how ride, driving in the Jeep after a show, I would be driving back home 
after a show at three or four in the morning and lots of times or even you know going out on the boat and all that we're out in hot weather all day so i would drive with the top down on the jeep and sometimes actually having the top down and the heater on because the way it worked i mean i was still warm but i had the top down yeah but i caught myself staring at the stars one time for a good three miles without even looking down at the road oh sheesh (laughs) you're lucky you're not up there right now yeah but there's another thing and i've I'm sure I've mentioned before the Fermi paradox mm-hmm. and Reiki Fermi was sitting at dinner one time and he just looked up and said, well, where are they? And you know, his dinner guests are like, who? He's like the aliens, where are they at? Because he believes, and so do I, is mm-hmm. the the universe has been around so long that at the speeds we can travel now, there should be aliens everywhere. Yeah, for and sure. He, he even said, you know, they should be visiting us. And then they got in the long discussion like we did at the one show about why aren't they here? And it there's so many factors. You know, maybe it's a civilization that they see our radio signals and they're like, well, we don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of the signals that they're getting. Like I said, though, our, if you look at online, there is a thing where it shows how far our radio signals have traveled. And it's just a tiny little speck yeah. in our universe because... You figure sound wave or electronic waves travel at the speed of light. If we've only been transmitting for 100 years, that's only 100, 100 light years out, and there's really nothing that close yeah. besides Proxima Centauri B and stars like that. And we don't know. I mean, there's so many factors that maybe it is a planet that doesn't have life that they can communicate. Maybe they're a water planet and they're all fish or they're intelligent beings, but they're underwater or they're intelligent beings and they don't care. They don't want to talk to anybody else. Maybe it's just far too superior for us. And they're like these dummies. <laughs> or maybe they're so oh. far in advance that they don't understand us. Yeah, that's true. I would think that part of it might be because they have met with our government leaders and there's probably mm-hmm. some kind of treaty like you guys, you know, just stay away and we won't tell your secrets yeah. or or you know maybe there's some kind of accord that says if you protect our planet we'll allow you to mm-hmm. you know have some of our resources or something there is along um, that way line lines yeah. i believe that i think it was truman it there was a story that said that he actually met with some extraterrestrials and made a pact mm-hmm. and if you remember on a show that we did a few about a month ago or so about mysterious disappearances it is so bizarre because every year about six hundred thousand people disappear without a trace mm-hmm. and it's just basically the same number every year for years so did they make a pact where they can abduct six hundred thousand people or three hundred thousand people every year mm-hmm. we don't know we need answers yes but it's just so intriguing because there's so many factors that make it to where we may not see them. But then again, there's so many or there's so much evidence that shows that they've already been here for thousands of years. You know, I I, I know ancient aliens really stretches <laughs> their imagination. But, but it's still an interesting show, right? But there's evidence that show that aliens are here, our own Native Americans painted or, mm-hmm. you know, painted them on their different 
things. Yeah. They and have, maybe they just thought we were not interesting because we, like you said, weren't advanced. We didn't have any electronics or mm-hmm. anything a hundred or 200 or yeah. 10,000 years ago. And they were and just like, eh. You know, you talk about on. like Star Trek, okay, the prime directive, and they don't make any kind of contact with an alien civilization until they reach warp speed mm. because then okay. they can make it to the other planets. So I don't know. There's, It's just so interesting. And I could go on forever about UFOs and just throw stats out and stuff like that. But one of the things I love doing is the International Space Station comes over all the time. And you can actually go online and see when it's going to be over your city and actually watch it fly over. And it is just so cool. And I've been trying to look at it through different things like my giant binoculars or that but the the best way to look at it is through a telescope but it's so hard because i don't have a tracking telescope okay <laughs> and then, but it's just so cool because you can actually see it and it travels across the sky and it looks like a ufo because if you're not expecting it here's this dot of light going from one part of the sky to the other so fast and what it does is it travels over at 17,000 miles an hour oh my goodness that's yeah fast. yeah but that's how everything is up there. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also so much space junk up there. And there's different ways that they're actually talking about cleaning space up. Yeah. And one of the things is uh, there was a there was a 10-year-old, I believe, that did a thing at his school about how to clean up space. Really? And he's like, well, why don't we just make magnets and grab everything? But the problem is... It's all aluminum aluminum, Uh and titanium and stuff that's not magnetic. There's this thing that he designed that's like a giant sticky pad, and it flies through the debris and actually picks up the sticky, like all the debris. Oh, that's interesting. But the problem with that is they don't know, you know, they have things, and, and they can move the satellites into different orbits. The ones that are dead, they move out, mm-hmm. you know, farther away and stuff. But there's so much debris up there right now if you looked at a picture of it it's almost like you see the earth and it's just white with debris how do they move it though they have you know on the satellites they have little jets oh okay because they have a problem with the satellite can fall back to the earth uh-huh. it can lose its momentum and fall back to the earth and that has happened um you were just a wee one when Skylab fell out of the sky, <laughs> but Skylab actually fell out and they were worried about where it was going to land. And they just had one from Japan that lost orbit and fell back to earth. Oh, wow. And luckily it fell into the ocean, but they, that was one that there was predictions that it was going to hit cities. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary. Uh-huh. So they do know what's up there. They There's actually a part of the military that tracks all the debris that's up there because there's lots of times where they have to move the International Space, Space Station out of the way of debris because mm-hmm. even a tiny little piece can punch a hole in the side of sure. So, okay, we're talking about aliens. What if the aliens are tiny and it's not space debris, it's actually a little alien ship? Because... <laughs> How do we know how big they are? We don't. We don't. That's the thing. We're not sure. I remember we were talking to Fred in MUFON at the MUFON um, UFO um, convention we went to in Erie, Pennsylvania. 
And he came up with something that makes a lot of sense. He says that he believes the aliens are actually biological probes because how they look. The gray, you know, the classic gray, Mm -hmm. big eyes, weird skin, tiny little fingers, um, no reproductive organs, tiny mouth. Uh You know, they could just be probes. People, the aliens could be advanced so much that they're sending probes because we do that now. We talked about Voyager 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we do. We send out probes. So how do we know they're not so advanced that they're sending their probes, but the probes are almost like living objects? Oh, that's interesting. You know. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> There's so much rabbit holes I could go down with aliens. For sure. And, you know, we talk about the ancient aliens and the cave drawings and the, you know, the, the Egyptian hieroglyphs that look like aliens. And, and there's a classic one that's found in Mexico, in Peru, or all over the world that's the same carving, and it looks like a person in a spaceship. And you've seen it. They talk about it all the time yeah. about the Aztecs, you know. Mm-hmm. The, and there's carvings all over the world that look alike. Even the Native Americans were drawing pictures that match the cave drawings that people thousands of years ago did of aliens with big heads with big eyes. Yeah. I've seen that multiple times where they have just those things and it has large eyes and they're almost like they're in like a contraption. Yeah. It's just very intriguing. Yeah. To think that they have the same carvings all over the world and... Obviously, they didn't. Well, we don't know, but they obviously didn't communicate with each other. They may have. I don't know. And that's that goes to another rabbit hole about my beliefs of the past. (laughs) But it's just so interesting when you talk about UFOs and aliens and stuff. There's so many things we can talk about. Yeah, for sure. So, well, you guys, if you get a chance, just go on um, on to our page. I'll post the video that Devin RJ. posted on youtube and, and look, check it out and see what you guys look think. deb and rj up there awesome yeah, they're awesome really people. Cool people we love them to death and yep. we really were upset i cried for hours that i couldn't make it to their convention <laughs> no we just couldn't make it this year but we'll definitely try to make it next year and uh get up there and see some ufos yeah all right well thank you for listening and uh, like we say always please 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 if you get any enjoyment out of the show share it with your friends we do have a donate button on our website now so if you would like to donate to the show and help us keep going we'd really appreciate it and if there's any shows that you want us to be on you know like any of your favorite podcasts and you think that we'd be good fit for them let them know and tell them to contact us we'll definitely be on other shows absolutely and if you guys have any alien stories please you know uh, send us a message through Facebook and, and let us know and maybe we'll get you on the show. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening right. this week and let's leave with Let's Get the Party Started Yep. by 60 Second Crush. All right, everybody have a great week. Put a little tinfoil under your hat. Talk to you later. Thank you.